Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning, this podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. Jay, Dr. Q, you better not push me because I'm close to the edge. Why would I push you, Q? I'm I'm the nice guy. But occasionally you tend to go AWOL. Really? I, I, I can't imagine that because I never use lethal weapons. I know, but you're still trying to strongman me. I mean, you're practically Iron Man 3. <laughs> I mean, I am, but I love you so much that for me it's just kiss kiss and bang bang for you. All I'm saying is somebody better call Chris Hansen, because we're about to catch a predator. Ooh, damn, Doc! Savage. High five. High five. Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! Don't let me hang it. Oh, welcome back, Q. What up, Jay? We're here at another high five colon the podcast recording. Um, and you know, you were we were, we were so funny just a second ago, I just wanted to oh, no, give you a long kiss goodnight. All right, that's enough. You've, the joke is over. We okay. did it for the intro. You know what? I, I felt like I was getting a little too grouped together, like being a monster squad on this. I just, I felt, I, I was feeling it, so I'm glad, I, you know. I, Jay. Yeah? I'm, I really, I'm going to need you to stop. It's, we're done. I mean, it's fine. That's fine. We can stop. I'm just like the last Boy Scout over here. I'm just going to stay here and be be my own last action hero. <laughs> End of podcast. That, I'm turning it off. Are you done? The, Are you done? The Predator? <laughs> <laughs> so we're, if for anybody who's like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? If you haven't caught on, today's High Five podcast episode is all about movie titles. Just saying <laughs> yeah, movie titles Just in, in sentences. In conversation, we were trying to see how many times we could do it. No, we're talking about Shane Black. We are, because ironically, and this was pure coincidence. Today. All of those movie titles we just mentioned were either written by or directed by Shane Black. Oh, I thought you were going to say, today, The Predator is coming out. Oh, well, that's true. That actually is even more of a coincidence that I don't even think you and I acknowledged No, yet. we just decided to do a Shane Black episode. Out it of nowhere. It coincidentally fell on the day The Predator releases, and we both just happened to use titles in our everyday conversation. And it's weird because we recorded this in like 2004, so some of these weren't even released Isn't yet. Isn't that weird? I know. We're like The Simpsons. We are, we, you know what? We are the Simpsons. <gasps> That's the big reveal. That's the big M. Night Shyamalan style twist is you and I are both the Simpsons. This is a podcast recorded in the Simpsons universe that just somehow you're listening to in real life. Isn't that weird? Welcome to Springfield, everybody. Yeah, Krusty Burger and stuff. <laughs> no, we're really here. On this episode of oh by the way I don't think we've welcomed everybody but we hey, did we said oh we said welcome you did to High you, Five that's the how you started it you were I like did. hey everybody welcome to High Five the podcast okay, and then that's when you launched into your 
terrible jokes. Stop it. Don't put this all on me. Continuing on. And you were like, before we started this episode, you were like, hey, man, you know it's going to be really funny? I'm going to keep doing that. And I'm going to like, no. <laughs> do not do I'll, that. And then you were like. Stop painting me. And, and then that, you were like. All right. I'm still going to do You're it. like, all right, Q, I won't. I promise. But then I did And it. then you winked. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah. I was like, hey, stop. No, I'm serious. And you're like, I know, I'm serious. Wink. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, don't do that joke. And you're like, I got it. I won't wink. And I was like, okay, are you winking at me or do you? And you're like, no, I just have something in my eye. No, I'm double wink. I'm literally telling you. And then right you went. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm what literally telling you right now that I don't want to have that conversation. Wink. I know. I, I saw it. <laughs> Why am I saying wink? I don't know. I don't know. It's to help people during this audio medium see what you're visually doing. Right. Tongue but look. so what kind of sound are you going to make for no pants? <laughs> I love it. That Okay. I, I, have it. To, I have to step back for just a second. That sounded way grosser than I meant. I was trying to do the predator click sound nope. to get into the predator, but it totally sounded got more masturbating. Like, yeah. That was an accident. I was trying to... Well, some may say a happy accident. Yeah, a happy ending. Uh, a happy ending accident. Yeah, <laughs> finished on the table. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. Ruined my computer. <laughs> Worth it. Yeah, w- <laughs> worth it. Now my Shane Black notes are sticking Honest- together. Honestly, that's my uh, that's my kink. I can only get off <laughs> while watching Shane while Black movies? recording an oh. episode, talking about Shane Black, looking you in the eyes <laughs> with no pants on, and discussing it. On a podcast. I don't know how you've had two kids, because we've only done this like four or five times. Well, I have two kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's Two how. of those times I shot blinks. <laughs> two of those times you faked it. Two other times you got impregnated. Way to go, way to go Meg Ryan. <laughs> I really juniored the situation. I'll pod what she's potting. <laughs> Is that a thing? No. Oh. No, uh, I, was, oh, I was making got a it, fake Got it, got it, orgasm. The Harry, Harry Met Sally. Yeah, got the it, Harry Potter, when Harry Potter met Sally. Got it, got it. Um, joke. Your movie cuts are like, they're, they're deep. They are deep. They so. are subcutaneous. Uh, under the skin. They're getting they're under just, the skin. They're getting under my skin. You know what gets under my skin? Scarlett Johansson? Yeah. And Shane Black. <laughs> That's right, Shane Black. So, to talk, oh, about, to talk about Shane Black... <laughs> Uh, so we're doing this, as we mentioned, because the day that this is being released, the new Predator movie is coming out. Yeah. Uh, Q, do you want to just talk about our initial reactions to that Predator movie and Here, excitement I, levels, waves of emotion? Let me give you first my initial reaction to seeing the Predator trailer for the first time. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> that was it. You ready? It the first this. one? Yeah, the very okay. first one. I was like, all right. I'm actually going to like, I'm going to walk you through it. I okay, like, please, right. please do. Mm, all right. <laughs> uh, you should edit in the sound of that trailer, <laughs> trailer. underneath you doing um, this. No, no, no. Well, ooh, ooh, wait, ooh, wait. Hey, uh, Sterling no. K. Brown. <laughs> uh, oh, it's that, oh, it's that guy from from Logan. Uh, he was pretty good. I liked him. He, look, I think he's doing the same thing in this movie. Yeah, all right. Mechanical arm. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Is that the girl from Cowboys vs. Aliens? Oh my god, there's a super predator? But it's like a human No. Nope. 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 Not yes. into this. Not interested. Nope. Shane okay. Black, what have you done? That was literally That was your first I just stepped you through the entire trailer. Here let me walk you through a little bit. Let's go back a little ways. 
I remember when they announced this movie mm-hmm. and they're like, uh, they're remaking the predator. And my thought was like, Oh, I don't know about that. The last time oh, that- that's right. They originally announced it as a remake. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, we're doing sort of what we did with, um, it wasn't not Tobey Maguire, um, Topher Grace and all oh, of them yeah. when they did predators. The predators. The, that no, was it the, wasn't uh, the, it was just predators. Is it Nimrod? It was the guy who directed the, his own, his other movie was, fucking that Dennis Quaid like funny people or not funny people or like funny something or good good people happy people I don't I don't you're just saying words <laughs> at this point I I don't pleasant people his name is smart Nim- people his name is Nimrod, Nimrod Antel yeah and he directed smart people with Dennis Quaid is oh that right? yeah uh no I don't think so he directed vacancy and he directed smart Metallica people. through the never so what the fuck am I talking about? I don't know. He directed Will you look some up ad- smart people with Dennis Quaid real quick? Yeah, why not? Tell me who the fuck directed that and why I think it was that guy. Uh, it is uh, Noam Murrow. Uh, so Noam also and Also ridiculous name. Yeah, a Noam <laughs> and a Nimrod. We've got a Noam and a Nimrod, and then you just thought they were the same. Oh, Noam Murtel. He directed the, th- the shitty 300 sequel. Yeah. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, Noam Okay, did, Noam so did they do both that. have dumb names, and they both directed <laughs> shitty sequels. Got it. I got That's it. why it was that, It was a very, like, uh, what's, what's... It was a believable. It was a believable... What's the uh, fucking actor Freudian who played slip? the older brother in uh, fucking... Randy Quaid? Weird, weird Science? No. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it was a real Bill Paxton, Bill Bullen <laughs> yeah. situation. It was that's a real, real Sinbad in Shazam. It was. It was. Yeah, I was like, Shazam. Oh. <laughs> which is it? Depends on which universe you live in now. That's true. That's true. Oscar Mayer, Oscar Meyer. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Who knows? Berenstein, Berenstain. Ooh, I like it. Predator, Predators. Jack Nicholson, <laughs> Jack Nicholas. <laughs> Same. Same, same, <laughs> same. Z's. No, still haven't seen those two guys in a room together. So. You know what? Neither yeah. have I. I don't think anyone has. I think they're the same person. Winning Oscars, winning PGA tours, same guy. Yep, same guy, <laughs> same guy. So speaking of same guy, Shane Black. Same Shane. Speaking Black. of nice guys, actually, yes, sa- nice guys. Same well, guy. To be fair, I don't know if he's a nice guy. He could be a total dickhole. You know what? He might. We don't be. know him. We're not gonna say on record what we think his personality is like. I do know. That he can write some badass action movies. And he has a way with words. Words. That I really appreciate. I don't know why you're adding a WH to words that don't start with WH. Because I also have a way with words. (laughs) Well, quit it. (laughs) You got it. I will. Wink. (laughs) Great. That is a predator sound. That is much closer to a predator sound. I'm glad that's this isn't not, a visual that, medium. That's I a, can't. That's a predator eating. Trying to make noises eating with my mouth is hard when they're not words. Um, but speaking of same guy, this is what I wanted to bring yes. back to Shane Black, is that back regardless... Uh, Amy Winehouse. <laughs> that is... Back in, wait, you went back in black and you went Amy Winehouse before ACDC? Uh, yeah, better. <laughs> Fuck you. First of all, just number one, fuck Hey, you. you know what? Let's not play with Hell's Bells. All right? <laughs> You know what? This whole conversation is just TNT, <laughs> a little too close. Um, We're back it, in black. You know, I I don't want to be a dirty dirty deeds. Hey, and quit I don't trying to make me go to cheap. rehab. <laughs> Hello, sunshine. 
Welcome to the podcast where we literally just name titles of things, not even movies. No. Song titles, movie titles. This podcast will really be a ray of light. Boy Meets World. <laughs> Boy Meets World. <laughs> now we macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Peaky and the brain. Peaky and the brain. All right, so seriously, Jesus. Jesus Christ, yeah, the Bible. Superstar. Deuteronomy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Revelations. I like, ooh, I just had one of them. Perfect. Leviticus. <laughs> a little bit of Leviticus. A little bit of Leviticus. Little Leviticus. All right. Little, so. little Leviticus. Ooh, that's a good rap name. Leviticus. Little Leviticus. <laughs> it's a Christian rapper. It's a Christian rapper, and he only uses rhymes from the Bible. And he, much like like Lil Pump and Lil Tay and all those like weird little <clears throat> ones that are out now, Lil he has Viticus. tattoos all over his face too, but they're all like Hebrew Bible symbols. references <laughs> and Hebrew symbols. So he has like a dreidel on his forehead. <laughs> He has like uh he has like uh prayer hands on his cheek. <laughs> yeah. But they're like, like not meant tear? ironically. <laughs> like they're like actual just like Well, and just like criminals are uh as I've have been led to believe by movies, criminals get like little teardrops for every person that they kill in prison. For sure. He has like little prayer hands for, for every, every person, person he, he saves. saves. Yeah. Oh, I'm so <laughs> into that. Yeah. Lil Viticus. Lil Viticus in the world one rhyme at a time. <laughs> Spitting one verse at a time. <laughs> That's it. That's the tagline for his album. Uh, and the, the album title is Palmful Psalms. <laughs> Trying to get out, but they keep pulling me back. <laughs> to Shane Black. <coughs> That's Good it. Job. Brought it back around. That was nice. The point I was actually trying to make was that we were talking about, you know, one guy bringing it all together. And honestly, Shane Black is one of those Hollywood acolytes, I guess. He's sort of been around for so long and can do a little bit of everything, which sure. is really impressive. Because you'll see people that are like, oh, well, they're a great actor. And then they step behind the camera. And you're like, Ooh. you take a couple like John Krasinski movies before you get to A Quiet Place. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, you know what you're doing. You know, but with Shane Black, you know, he started as an he started as an actor, didn't he? I believe so. Well, no, because he, he, did he, would did was he... I can't talk. I went full Goldblum there for a second. Uh, like um, did he? Uh, did he write Monster Squad before he started acting? Because see, that's did what Predator. I'm... Predator came after Monster Squad, right? It looks like okay. If I'm going by the IMDb timeline, mm-hmm. he acted in the movie Night of the Creeps as an uncredited performance in 1986. Okay. And so, then 1987 was when he acted in The Predator, but he also wrote Lethal Weapon and Monster Squad in 1987. Um, so 1987 is a badass year for so, Shane Black. Because no he acted in the original Predator movie, was the first one killed, which right. is pretty cool. Pretty cool. And then he had also had two credits under his names of movies that got released that year, which means he had to have written them before. That's totally true. Um, so we had Monster Squad and Lethal Weapon, which both brilliant, both very different, and all him. Can I say the one thing that I learned from Monster Squad? I had no idea that Wolfmen have nards. No, they don't. Until I found... Well, they do. Yes, I'm saying, no, I didn't have that knowledge either. That movie taught me... Because as a kid... I never thought about that. Yeah. But totally. Well, they have to. Wolfmen have nards. They and have to have nards. if you kick them in their nards. And they hurt. Yeah. They, if you're, if you're they kick... will howl with pain. Oh, oh like snap. It. I like, um, you know, if you kick a vampire in the nards, these are just so strong, nothing really happens. Nope. It's, it's not like, going to like send a stake to their heart like or nothing. It's like little wooden balls. Just, yep. 
It's little. <laughs> I don't know why vampires have little wooden balls, but sure, yeah, they have little wooden balls, and it's wonderful. It is, um, wonderful. but they have no feeling. None. Vampires completely feelingless in their wooden nards. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know if everybody knows that, but you but know you, it now. If you kick them hard enough, you can send them up through their heart. <laughs> And kill the vampire. Yeah. To, it's like one of those machines at the fair where you have to hit with a hammer, but it's like just your foot. It's like, right. If you get it, if you get up in that heart, that wood goes turns into the to heart. dust. <laughs> just like fucking Buffy the Vampire. I wish slayer. that had been the end of Monster Squad when they're fighting Dracula. They just kick him really hard. He was like, oh, and then to dust, like at the end of Infinity War. And then the same kid's like, holy shit, vampires got wooden knots. And then he becomes a very popular scientist. Dracula's a paper on it. <laughs> it's just the Nards of monsters. <laughs> Monster Nards. It's like that Audubon book, but instead of Birds of America, it's Nards of monsters. <laughs> and each one has like a Grey's Anatomy style depiction of like you know just just the crotch. <laughs> Of all the different Honest, Hollywood monsters. Honestly, I want to expand that out and just have a very nature-specific <laughs> Audubon-style book of just the nards of the animals of America. <laughs> and so it's all like these elaborately painted portraits, but it's just like a tiger's nuts. <laughs> right. Here's what bear's nards look like. And it's very beautiful and scientific. And it's like the Audubon book. Guys, if you want that. Tweet at us at hi the number five yeah. the podcast. Let us know because this is a coffee table book we can make. Hashtag for you. Nards of America. Hashtag Nards of America. Yeah. Nards Anatomy. <coughs> I'm very happy with this. I is that the end of the episode? I think we just talked <laughs> everything it. about Shane Black. We just we did. We mentioned <clears throat> every title he's ever directed in the opening. We talked about uh Lil Lil Leviticus. Lil Viticus. Lil Viticus. Uh, which is, as we know, a rapper that Shane Black desperately wants to work with. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's doing the soundtrack for Predator. I think he Predator. is Lil Viticus. That's what oh, Shane Black shit. Moonlight. This Shane is like Black a Chris Gaines, Garth Brooks situation. It is. it is. Shane Black Moonlights as Lil Viticus. Also, for everybody who's like, who the fuck is Chris Gaines? Look it, Look up. it up. Do yourself it's a favor. Amazing. Go fucking check out Chris Gaines. And, and who he, may or may not definitely be <laughs> Garth Brooks. But he's got a scar and an emo haircut. He's got, so he no, he's got a little soul patch. That was the, that was the big, <laughs> like, look at his little soul patch. There's no way that that's Garth that Brooks. That can't be Garth Brooks because he ain't got a cowboy hat and Garth Brooks doesn't have a soul patch. This is totally random, and I don't want to segue again because we've already done that plenty of times. Why not? But uh, we're having good dialogue, and that's what Shane Black's all about. So yeah. I think he would appreciate this. Oh, I like that segue. Um, did you Do you remember when Garth Brooks did the Chris Gaines thing that he was – he said he was doing it for a movie. I do vaguely remember and then that. No movie ever came out. So part of me was kind of wondering if that was, I've always wondered if that was kind of a fail safe. Like, <laughs> like if people think this is ridiculous, I'm just going to tell them it's for a movie. But yeah. if they love it, then this they is who I am movie. now. Like, No, like there is no movie. Like if they love it, They'll just forget about the movie and they'll just be like, oh my God, Chris Gaines. I fucking yeah. love Chris Gaines. But if they hate it, I'll be like, oh no, it's for a movie role. That was stupid, right? right. Stupid. That's oh, why that go movie full never got Joaquin made. Phoenix on this. I was right. crazy on purpose. Yeah. Um, I actually would like it if there was no movie planned, but they proposed that to see if there would be an inkling for a movie. <laughs> like, does people get excited when they said there's going to be a Chris Gaines movie? It's like, Kinda. It's like let's 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 ride this out. Let's see, let's what, see what the album release does. And they're <laughs> like, right. oh, let's not make that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that's that's what we're gonna for do. For some reason, I remember it too being, and this kind of brings me back to Lil Viticus. Uh, <laughs> I want to remember, or I want to say, it had something to do with like the Lamb. I think it was a Christian movie. Really? I think so. You you regale me with some information. I'm gonna check this out. Okay. Um, I actually don't. Uh, you know what? You don't have to talk about Chris Gaines. No, I want to talk about, about Chris Gaines. Okay, perfect. Because one of the things that I think, you know, I'm not going to say it's the biggest regret of my life, but it might be, is that the Chris Gaines news didn't really launch in the era of social media that we have now, because that would have been maybe one of the funniest things to see unwind online is that people making memes of other celebrities with like emo hair and soul patches. Oh, that's what I want. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, if if the Chris Gaines thing had happened in 2014, 2015, it would as take the Nike situation, like all the Nike posters. By the way, why don't we have a high five Nike poster yet? Because I kinda, just high five it. Because I kind of think it's disrespectful. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> like all the people taking steam away from the actual. It is pretty great. Also, just so everybody knows, fucking high five the podcast totally with Nikes. Oh, also, totally. If you don't want to use your Nikes anymore, you can totally send them to high five. Oh the podcast. yeah, we'll wear them all day. I long. will take all of your Nikes. Oh yeah, here. we'll totally wear them. If it's pre-used, slightly loved, that's fine. Yeah, I mean the only ones that we'd be okay with you burning are the Make America Great Again ones that uh, that Converse totally fine. makes that Nike also makes. Do they? Yeah. Shut up. No, yeah, that's Converse, a real thing. Converse has a Make America Great. Converse like high top Chuck Taylor and Converse is owned Converse is owned by Nike. God, I hope to God that if people were to ask them about that right now, Nike would respond with, Oh, we were just doing that for a movie. (laughs) 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 Fahrenheit eleven nine. We were doing that for a movie. We were, but it never came to be, so (laughs) eh, it's not a not a thing. So I did find it out. Chris Gaines, speaking of doing it for a movie, you remember how I was like, I said I wanted to say it was about a Christian thing? Is because the supposed movie and now that I read the Wikipedia entry about Chris Gaines, it makes me feel like my hypothesis is, is right. 100% correct. Ooh, read it, read it. Because it's very short. It literally just says, Chris Gaines was a one-off fictional rock persona created as an alter ego for Garth Brooks to explore rock and roll styles far removed from the success as a country singer. And then under it, it says, initially, <laughs> Brooks planned to feature the Gaines persona in The Lamb. A motion Man, picture, you were even right on the title. Which, wow. A motion picture which never materialized. In 1999, Brooks released one album as Gaines, uh, including, oh, fuck, I forgot about that song, the top five pop hit, Lost in You. Oh, I, yeah, I remember when that one song came out. But that's it. That's the whole entry. Really? Like, that's it. So <laughs> that, and the way they word it, initially, Brooks planned it to feature in a movie called The Lamb, which, by the way, good fucking memory, Q. <laughs> I just said that. That's no, I know. I was just, just like, I took a minute to like reflect on that again. I was like, holy shit, that was in '99. That was almost 20 years yeah. ago. And you pulled that. You pulled a Chris Gaines initially <laughs> movie fact out of that never thin air from 20 years ago, and tied it to Lil Leviticus <laughs> or Lil Viticus. Lil Viticus. I'm sorry, I kind of like Lil Leviticus. <laughs> Because it's like this, like a normal sized Leviticus chapter, but, but this like, is like a little bit. A little, little, this is just a like bit. that's like the kid version. That's kind of like uh, Birdman and Lil Romeo or whatever the fucking rappers. You remember <laughs> the movie that? Birdman and the rapper Lil Romeo? <laughs> yeah. they did a thing together. Yeah. No, weren't didn't they have like? Wasn't there a, ra- a famous rapper 
who also had a kid that became a rapper. Um, and oh, Master P. Master P. That was it. Master and Lil P. Romeo. Yeah, I don't know if it's Lil Romeo is his kid. I'm but pretty sure Lil Romeo. It was Lil something. It wasn't Lil P. No. <laughs> Lowercase p, <laughs> like little p. There's master p and then lowercase p. His yeah. name is lowercase p. Yep. LCP. <laughs> lowercase, lowercase p. LCP. All right. So I Shane LC- Black. I loved LCP. Yeah, I loved LCP. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down with LCP. You down with LCP? <laughs> yeah, you, yeah know you know me. me. All right. I swear, this is... No, it's not. I bet Shane Black is taking notes on this fucking episode. He's like, God, these are all hilarious. These guys are hilarious. I'm throwing throwing both of these guys into Nice Guys too. Just so you know, Shane Black, we take writing gigs. We do. High Five Podcast will write for you. Yeah. Would you want us... You looking for somebody to write Still Monster Squad? We got you. I fucking got got you. you. Guess who else has got nards? You'll find out in Still Monster Squad. (laughs) Vampires. (laughs) And they're wooden. (laughs) And, well, of course they're wooden. I mean, what are we doing here? We fucking already, we we basically auditioned with that piece on this episode. Let's uh, write some real quick flash sequels to some of his other movies. I've, I've, actually, I've already got a spec script in the work for Kiss Kiss or Bang Banger. (laughs) That's just, whoa. Wait, wait. Kiss kiss her, bang bang her. No, no, kiss, or kiss kiss her. Kiss kiss her. Got it. Bang banger. Uh, got it. What is that? Is there a music lyric that says? Oh yeah, I was thinking of the Talking Heads, Psycho Killer. Nice. Kiss kiss a. <laughs> kiss kiss a. Bang bang a. Bang bang a. <laughs> um, I, I I have you know you and I have pitched around ideas for the lastest Boy Scout. Yes. Yeah. Or. I still know what you did last Boy Scout. Yeah, I like that. Um, we we actually have a prequel in the works for First Action Hero. Mm-hmm. That one's going to be great. I've got uh, predators or predators predecessors. No, pred- you've got predecessors <laughs> about aliens that come down and file tax returns. No, that's my asylum movie. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, and it's just protesters. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, I um I actually have one in the works, but it's an autobiography called The Short Kiss Goodnight. Got it. Yeah. It's, it's just... about a very unsettling date. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. They're just like, hey, Ooh. you want a short kiss goodnight? And they're like, get out of here. <laughs> no. Like, oh, okay, bye. <laughs> Credits. Yeah, that's the end. It's the whole movie. I'm super into that. Yeah. Uh, I was. I heard he was going to do Iron Man 3 again. <laughs> Iron Man 3.5 is like a jackass movie. No, it's kind of like when they re-released Spider-Man 2 and they re-released it as Spider-Man 2.5. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. On DVD. And it's like, like the extended edition. Lion King 1.5. The movie told from Timon and Puma's point of view. That's actually really clever. I actually, I'm like, not gonna lie. I, I watched that movie and I was like, "This is pretty smart." Like this movie takes place during during the Lion King. Yeah, pretty clever, Disney. Very Pum- fucking meta. Pumba farts, and that's what makes all the animals bow for Simba. Come on, Hilarious. who would have thought? Who would have thought that? Shane Black would have thought. If that. you sync up both of those movies, uh, Lion King one and a half kind of acts like a commentary. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. It you does. should totally do that right now, everybody. <laughs> Get Lion King and Lion King one and a half and sync them up like two Dark TVs. Side of the Moon and The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, you got to get two TVs going at the same time. It would be great. And tweet at us all your pictures of you guys doing this. Live tweet it. Please. I want to fucking see this, please. Yeah. At High Five the Podcast on everything. <coughs> um, no, all right, amazing. so Shane Black, now that we've successfully talked for, I don't know, half an hour about <laughs> everything but the subject of our episode. No, we've kind of touched on it. That's I mean, fine. we've we've touched on Shane Black. I think that you know his his career has <laughs> we've been touched on Shane yeah. Black. Well, you know, what? <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, fine. Consent. Yeah, consensually touched on Shane Black. Uh, you know, is he's one of those people who has had such a long career that, for me, when I think of 90s action movies, or even late 80s, 90s for action sure. movies, the idea of weaving in smart, funny, quick dialogue into those movies, you know, like you have with Last Boy Scout, like you have with Last Action Hero, Monster Squad, Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon. Those are the movies that I actually think of when I think of that era of action movies. It's like them, and then what I would consider the big three, like Schwarzenegger, Stallone, and Van Damme movies. Sure. You had those movies that were known for kind of their one-liner quips, like Eraser or Commando or things like that. But then you had what I would consider like the better version of those movies, which were more like Bruce Willis driven or, you know, even Arnold Schwarzenegger was in last action. Here. Sure. So and, and in them, it's less one liner quips and more of like the conceit is the quip. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Last Action Hero is a perfect example. That movie is so weirdly meta as far. I mean, obviously the whole concept of the movie is meta. It's about a kid who goes into a movie, but right. then also comes out of the yeah, movie with and, other characters. Yep. But they deal with so many tropes and it like perfectly skewers yeah. a lot of the action tropes of the 80s and 90s, which Shane Black was a part of. Of, of making making yeah. those tropes, yeah, so, it's almost like the the um, the Wes Craven with Scream. He's making fun of the tropes that he helped to create, like for like make a formidable part of the genre less than a decade before. But I feel like that's why it works yeah. too. That's why Scream worked is because you have the master of those tropes making the the almost self aware lampoon right. of those same tropes. In this same situation, you have. Shane Black, somebody who created some of the most iconic set pieces of yeah. the 90s as far as action goes in late 80s, um, doing a joke about right. these same tropes. And it's pretty awesome. You've got the like hothead uh, police chief <laughs> yeah. like constantly screaming at everybody. You've got like the cool, uh, well, in this case, it was an animated cat. Yeah, I like, like the animated the, cat. The cool, like, detective kind of guy. Um, but what the other thing that I like about that, and because I want to make a point off of that point, is that not only did you have that, like, his dialogue was quippy and fun, and you had, like, meta instances like in Last Action Hero, but the action and set pieces were also very good. Totally. Like, I think of Last Action Hero again, because that one skews a little bit more on the comedy meta side. But the axe that the bad guy uses and the scene at the end, like on the theater roof in the rain, are horrifying. Like, yep. it's a good set piece. There are good action set pieces all throughout those because of how Shane Black writes. I could not agree more. <laughs> now, so his writing is definitely something he's known for. Um, now, I think in a lot of instances, never does his writing work better than when it works in tandem with him directing his own writing. So I would agree. Your he kiss, has a kiss, tone. bang, bangs yeah. are amazing. Your nice guys <laughs> are amazing because you've got the, his, his characters exist in this mm. very like heightened reality yeah. version of reality. They do. And so when you're directed with that same sensibility, yeah. it creates something that is, uniquely Shane Black. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Well, actually, you want you want to dive in and identify some of those things that would make them uniquely for Shane sure. Black because I am so glad you brought this up because this is where I wanted to go next. And the first thing, one of the first things that I think of besides quippy dialogue, which we've mentioned, is duos. Yep. Shane Black is, in my opinion, at his best when he has two characters that he has fully realized and fleshed out and then puts them together. Yep. And let me just rattle off a whole bunch of movies that follow that pattern. Sure. For like, okay, for duos, we've got Last Action Hero. I mean, uh, Last Boy Scout yep. with Damon Wayans or Bruce yep. Willis. Yep, totally. Uh, the Nice Guys, which is based on the pair of Ryan Gosling and, and Russell Crowe. Um, even Iron Man 3 works in that way. I would say the best well, parts. Well, yeah, because you've got Don Cheadle and Robert Downey Jr. It's not who I was thinking. Got it. But I was thinking that movie, the, the aspects of that movie that I like the best are when it's Robert Downey Jr. and that little kid. Oh, you went that way. Yeah. Got it. I think that that's the duo of that movie. Sure. I don't know. I would argue that Don Cheadle and Robert Downey Jr. work together a lot more in that movie. Probably, but I think of the kid for whatever reason. Sure. I, like that segment of the movie felt the most Shane Blackish. That's fair. To me. Yeah. Um, well, it was because it was a weird, funny juxtaposition. Yeah. Like this movie, this big action set piece movie came to like a screeching halt as yeah. he was stranded in Tennessee. To talk with a little kid. With this little kid yeah. try, while he's trying to put a suit back together. Right. To like, but it felt like right in the wheelhouse for for Shane Black. I mean, Lethal Weapon is built off that. Last Action Hero is an action star and a kid. Sure. Um, I mean, I just think when he's working in those pairs, he can really dive into the characters, the writing, and the back and forth. I could not agree more. You have a awesome pairing once again like you had said kiss kiss bang bang i think robert downey jr works really well with shane black's yeah. aesthetic and his dialogue i, I think, think he has that kind of same quippy like the comedic snarky. timing i think is similar i would imagine they laugh at the same types of jokes and i would like think internet so. videos probably for sure i'm very curious to see i mean that kind of segues a little bit into uh predator mm-hmm the new Predator movie, I'm kind of curious how he's going to do with a large ensemble cast right? of name actors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, you've got... Uh, Keegan-Michael Key. Keegan-Michael Key. You've got uh, Sterling K. Brown. Who, he, by the way, I think is going to be the star of that movie. I, I know he's not the main character, but I think I'm going to walk out of The Predator this weekend remembering Sterling K. Brown more than than anybody else. I have no doubt about that. Just from that last trailer. And, oh, this is... uh, Aaron Eckhart? Oh, yeah. Is it it? I keep forgetting, but he was... Like, they don't show him in almost any of the trailers except for the most recent one. Is he the Predator? He is the Predator. He's the Super Predator? No, that's Jean-Claude Van Damme. Okay, great. Which one's the... Who's the Predator dog? Uh, Channing Tatum? Great. Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum from This Is The End? Channing Potatum. Yep. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. Going back to your reaction to that first Predator trailer, that was also my reaction. I really think they marketed that poorly at the beginning because I think they leaned too heavy into this is a Predator movie as opposed to this is a Shane Black Predator movie. For sure. I think that third trailer, and I mean, I even told you this before we recorded that third trailer was the only one to get me excited about this movie. Oh, absolutely. To be like, oh, here, here we go. And it felt the Shane Blackiest. Yeah. That trailer was a Shane Black well, trailer. But we had in- a whole conversation about trailers doing that to mm-hmm. Shane Black movies. Same thing happened to Iron Man 3. Oh, yeah. Iron Man 3, I saw the, the initial trailers and I was like, eh, that yeah. looks fine. But what I got when I 
sat in the theater was like, holy shit, this is like a totally yeah. different kind of Iron Man movie than what I've yeah. seen for the past two. And honestly, I would say it may be my favorite Iron Man movie. I think, or at least one of. I think Guy Pierce could have been better. I think that whole villain. I did like that the whole spoiler alert uh, Mandarin oh, reveal. I thought the Mandarin's flip was awesome, amazing. Because I remember watching the trailers and all the promotional stuff, and I was like, "How the fuck in today's times are they gonna do the Mandarin and cast fucking Ben Kingsley yeah. as the Mandarin?" I was like, "I know he played Gandhi, but." but- I don't know. And And then then the whole reveal of how that played out, I was like, fucking brilliant. Like, you handled that so... Of course a character like that wouldn't work in these movies. You know what I mean? I really do think... I mean, and this falls back into the Marvel problem that we've talked a lot about, is I just don't think Guy Pearce and that villain worked. Now, that villain mechanism of... I forget the injection that they... The name of it. But the thing that caused people to explode or gave them superpowers... Right. I think that was a fine concept, and I actually love the concept of them using the Mandarin to cover up their own like live testing mistakes. Sure. All that I thought was brilliant, but the the way the CGI was executed, the way that was it Ed Screen? Who was that bad guy? Not the bad guy from from Deadpool, Deadpool, but the, his like um, oh the his like henchman guy. guy. I don't know. He sort of looks like Ed Screen. Yeah. Um, I thought they didn't really play that well. Hugh Dancy. Oh, was it Hugh Dancy? Yeah, I think so. Oh, wow. You can look that up while I'm I'm talking. But I don't know. I think Iron Man 1 for me is still like the Iron Man movie. No, no, no. Totally. This one might be the best written. Sure. And and that's kind of what I mean. Like the I I like um, him existing in this movie or I like this version of uh, Iron Jesus can't think. I like this version of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man existing yeah. in a Shane Black universe. I sure, feel like yeah. that's where Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. And I feel like he really honed it in on Iron Man 3. And that is the version of Tony Stark that he has been playing ever since. Let's. I want to take a step back for that. I think that, and this is one of the airs, this isn't a Marvel episode, but if we want to apply that logic, I think this is where Marvel is sort of figuring out their stride better than some others. But by pairing directors and actors and characters, so I think Shane Black and Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man are just the perfect couplet. The same way that I think um, Watiti and Chris Hemsworth and Thor are the perfect couplet for that character. Totally agree. While I think that Joss Whedon and the ensemble of the core Avengers and that movie was kind of that perfect couplet that then gets expanded now to what the Russo brothers are able to do with their experience doing ensemble pieces from community. I was way wrong, by the way. It was James Badge Dale. Okay. That's I did not think that it was uh, Hugh Dancy. Nope. nope. So I was, I'm glad that we looked that up. But that's, you know, that's another thing that I think that we're able to do or that Marvel is doing and to take it back to Shane Black, is they realize that his sensibilities mix with Robert Downey Jr.'s charm and comedic timing, plus the necessity of a story that has complicated inner workings and conspiracies behind them, is just the couplet that they needed at that time. And I feel like that was when Marvel, that was their first time really experimenting with mm-hmm. a director that had a real vision i know a lot of people would say well they had kenneth Branagh do thor and that seems like it would make sense because it's shakespearean but the problem is 
you can't do, and we had this conversation before, you can't do Thor seriously. Like, yes. it, trying to make it a Game of Thrones-esque story just comes off as a ripoff of a better fantasy right. story. And let me put it this out there. I'm not saying anything negative about Kenneth Branagh's talent. Not at all. I don't think he has a style as a director. No, I agree. Because, it, I mean, think of Murder on the Orient Express mixed with Thor, mixed with... Frank, uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein mixed with the, what, the live-action Cinderella that he did? Did he do that one? He did one of them. He did one of those live-action ones. I think, I think it, was it was Cinderella. The not great Cinderella But one. they're... They're wildly different. They're and they have able, no... He has no, like, yeah. palette that is like, oh, that's it's, Kenneth Burnham. Oh, that's a Wes Anderson movie. For sure. Or, you know... So, or... Oh, that's a Shane Black movie. That's a Shane movie. Black movie. And I'm not saying he's not a capable director. He obviously puts out movies like For sure. Murder on the Orient Express. I will make, not people's I will make a, a comparison to a director that I like but mm-hmm. is similar. Um, uh, Joe Johnson. Joe oh, Johnston. Yeah. Same thing. Very capable director. Yep. Directed some of my favorite movies. Did The Rocketeer. I'm yep. a huge fan of that. Did uh, Jurassic Park 3. Oh, not did a huge fan of that one. Captain America, the first uh-huh. one. But very serviceable director, but zero distinct style. Right. I could not tell you, unless you told me that Joe Johnston directed a movie, I would have no idea right. that he was the director. Same with Kenneth Branagh. I had no idea Murder on the Orient Express was his until it came up and was like starring and directed by. Ken- and I was like, oh, like, oh, okay. Okay. I'm not turned off by it. Again, capable people. But they're not going to turn around a movie where I can see a trailer and before it's announced who did it, say, oh, that's Tarantino or that's Wes Anderson or that's Shane Black. And Shane Black, I think, almost dances on that line better because there was a time, I mean, not too long ago, where I didn't realize all the movies that Shane Black was attached to and had written and had acted in and had directed. I mean... Honestly, if I, if I were to go back in time, I would have said that he directed a lot more movies than he actually did. When I finally looked it up and found For that sure. the first one he did was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. You were like, I was whoa. like, whoa, really? I could have sworn he did a couple more before that because his style comes through so strongly in the writing. Oh, I, oh shit. Speaking of style and coming through in writing, it's time for a Maddie moment. Maddie moment! Time uh, for a Maddie moment. Maddie it's moment. Uh, for a Maddie time. Getting that Maddie moment with you and me and we and Maddie. That's it. That's so great. that is. Uh, it's time again for a Maddie moment. Yeah. And it got me thinking. What? What? what, what this conversation about Shane Black mm-hmm. has got me thinking about thrills. Chills, blood, slashers and flashers, and most of all, burlesque. So, my suggestion for this Maddie moment is that she drop whatever she's doing September 22nd, which is the Friday after this Friday. I don't know that I could have said that more confusingly, but it is the Friday after the Friday that this episode's coming out. Oh, I got it. Whoa, you sound different. I'm just getting into character. 
I can tell you're so excited. Mm-hmm. Oh, I am. And ready for all of these strong, powerful female burlesque performers mm-hmm. that you've decided to go full Daniel Day Lewis and just go in. straight straight into character. Mm-hmm. You make a what pretty, do you think? You pretty you make a pretty uh, sexy, powerful, and uh, independent independent lady. Mm-hmm. So, Jay, I think you may need to stay this way. I kind of like you better that yeah. way. Uh, so, speaking of burlesque, September 22nd, Dirty Nerdy Burlesque. Now, if you don't know what Dirty Nerdy Burlesque is, let me let me edumacate you. Tell me about it. I will. Uh, Dirty Nerdy Burlesque is founded by the one, the only, Gogo Incognito. Mm. World acclaimed cosplayer. Oh, I've heard of her. Burlesque performer, host du jour, ghostest with the mostest. Oh, that's the best. And that's what she's yep. doing. She she's that, she's right? going to be in character as Beetlejuice, hosting Dirty Nerdy Presents Strip Away Camp. Uh, ghostest with the mostest. Isn't that amazing? Love she's it. A, but she's not hosting by herself. She's also going to have the amazing, the wonderful, the lovely Chandeliers mm-hmm. in character as Bunicula. Ooh, love that. We've also got Coco Rose. She's from Memphis, y'all, as Rochelle from The Craft. <laughs> did I you like, like how that? You did that. Yeah, that Thanks. was good. Gidget Bardot as Pinhead from Hellraiser. Oh Ooh, my God, I want to see that one. I can't wait to see that one. Oscar Wilde as Chucky. From Child's Play. Ooh, yeah. I'm excited about a, that one. A stripping, dancing Chucky. Oh, I'm so I love into that. it. Pixie Danger as Pennywise. Mm. Be there. Doors at 8. Cosplay contest at 8.30. And the show starts promptly at 9 o'clock. And tell them again where this is. Corsair Distillery. And in when? Nashville. September 22nd. Tickets are available, but going fast. Selling hotter than marshmallows on a campfire. Which? I want some more of. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want some more, you can get tickets at www.dirtynerdyburlesque.com. I can't urge you enough to go see this show. It's nerdy. It's funny. It's uh, weird. It's terrifying. It is everything that makes all of the conflicted feelings in me <laughs> come out all at once. And it's I'm scared sexy. and turned on and empowered and fearful and uh, excited and terrified all at once. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's a good time. And Jay? Yes. Check it out. Dirty Nerdy Burlesque presents Strip Away Camp September 22nd, Corsair Distillery. Be there or be scared. Woohoo! I love it. Uh, So now to finish talking about Shane Black. Right. I mean, we've hit a lot of the high points in our meanderings. Um, This is about the time of the episode where we usually make a list. Do you feel ready to make a list? A list. A list. A where is... Let's list. List. This is where we make a list. A list. Three, two. List. This is going to be an interesting list. So this is going to be we, an interesting list. We've talked a little bit about, you know, Shane Black sort of run the gamut of he's been, he's acted in like 15 or 16 movies. He's written about 15 or 20. He's directed five or six. Um, so 
what are how are we ranking? What are what are our criteria here? Are we picking the Shane blackiest movies of them all, or are we just picking the ones that we like the best? Watch it, mirror, mirror on the wall. What is the Shane blackiest, blackiest of them all? Um, I would say that the criteria is going to be Shane. What makes movies Shane Blacky? Okay, so we're not got... going to go directing. We're not going to go specifically writing. We're just going to go movies that epitomize his style. His style. So we're looking for like strong, a strong. It doesn't have to be a pairing like Monster Squad could sure. count. Um, but a strong central core of a cast. Yep. We're looking for quippy dialogue, action set pieces. Heightened reality, I think, is a good. Uh, I was almost like like a very eighties, nineties esque. That's what I was gonna say. I like you've described reality. it to me off mic as you think that, and I agree with you that Shane Black really embodies this eighties, nineties mentality. Sure, of style. It's very like it's kind of like frenetic. It's mm-hmm. kind of off the wall. It's very irreverent, mm-hmm. and it kind of has this and i don't know how to put it any other way but it kind of has this almost could be like very unpolitically correct Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it kind of dances this line of like i don't care i'll fucking say it well and i kind of think and i will explain why i think that's possible within the shane black world is i think shane black's characters are so well realized that one of them can be in com- completely politically incorrect and it's not like oh shane black's being a racist it's that character that statement is true for that character. For sure. And I think that is why the writing is so important for his movies because he's able to make those uh, – he's made, he's able to make characters that are multifaceted. So you don't really have a character that's like, oh, he's always great or he's always right. It's each one of them adds a little bit of the of the spice of the flavor to the mix. Totally. And I think he gets away with that because it's well written. He's making a good Shane Black gumbo. He sure you is. I want to I want to taste that gumbo. I do. So I want to taste Shane Black. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> we're gonna touch him. That's what we're gonna touch I'm on gonna, Shane Black. And we're gonna taste him. Consensually taste him. And- <laughs> Consensually tasting. That sounds gross. <laughs> that sounds hilarious. <laughs> High five the podcast. Consensually tasting. Shane Black. <laughs> okay. I fucking love it. So, I mean, which ones for you have to be on the list somewhere? Okay. Well, I say definitively, uh, I would say his directorial debut, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, is unequivocally Shane Black at I, maybe his Shane Blackiest. I, I would agree. Got um, action I, set pieces. You've great got action set pieces. Great pairings of of very, very uh, uh, shit. What's that saying? Very good actors. I was yeah. trying to think of a better word. But High caliber. The, yes. Um, you've got Val Kilmer at. Wait, you know, is no? It's Val Kilmer's son. No, no, no. Val Kilmer's son is in uh, is Nice Guys, and yeah. Val Kilmer. Is in Kiss Kiss Bang yeah. Bang, and he's great. He is, he is great in that police great. detective and role. Honestly, I'm gonna say like maybe one of his last great roles. Maybe you know it's what not I mean. The snowman. No, it was not the Snowman. I, I would agree with that. I would say I would be remiss if I didn't if I didn't say we should have Lethal Weapon on there. Oh, Lethal Weapon, absolutely. I just, well, I, Lethal Weapon is a is an institution now. 
It, yes. it spawned multiple sequels. It now has a television show, which that I has, have not watched at that all. It has changed casts already. That's like a, a, a television show that have controversy around it. Yep. Well, it's big you enough had, to have controversy. You had the, the actor that was playing Riggs apparently yeah, just, like gone. was a fucking dickhole yeah, and, and is now off the show. And Sean now they've got Williams, Sean William Scott. Playing his like cousin or something. something. I don't know. I, I think they still get to call him Riggs because he's in the family. That's hilarious. That's real funny. And feels very Shane Blackie. It does. Feel that totally very, feels like, well, I'm his cousin. So I think he just call me Riggs. Like the first or second episode of that show. Like, I think he I think did he too. I think he it. had a, a hand in it. Yeah. So that for me, I am a huge fan of the nice guys. I think it's oh, totally. the best movie that he's done. I don't know if it's the Shane Blackiest, but it's I in my feeling. I would say it's pretty Shane Blackie. I mean, best. it's got a really weird, convoluted plot. That was my only downfall for that really? movie. Is it is a great movie. Very funny, very like tense. Also, more great action scenes. You think he maybe went a little too True Detective season but two? Yeah, the, or two some of the mystery was a little too involved, and it was like dealing with things like had like water, like Watergate esque like yeah. things dealing with like um, you know geopolitical conditions in regards to. Um, like the car industry, the automobile right, yeah. industry, and emissions, and it's the same way that China the EPA, yeah. and it's like what? Like, like I don't give a fuck about it's the any same of this. same way that like Chinatown really delves into like land crises and like right. water purification regulations in the, the Jack Nicholson movie. And um, I'm not knocking it for that. No, no, no. But it did come off as a little, maybe a little too real, right, for the world in which it existed in. I can I can totally get behind that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the characters amazing. The set action set pieces amazing. The Ryan acting Gosling. was fucking <laughs> so amazing. Even that quippy kid. Ryan oh, Gosling's for daughter. sure. So good. And and the the quippy kid that is involved with the uh, when they go to that burned down house oh, or whatever. Yeah. That fucking kid that they're trying to get information yeah. out of. That shit was fucking was, hilarious. Oh man, it was great. It was a really good movie. Was Catherine Waterston in that movie? She was from. Say, I want to um, say yes, but I I can't remember. I don't want to embarrass myself. Anyway, that's a really that's that is definitely no. Shane Black. So okay. I would say that that's that's a good one on there. Um, I got I really want to make a case for Last Action Hero. I think it's going to be between Last Boy Scout and Last Action Hero. If I had that to choose for me between the two, Last Action Hero all the way. Not only is it epitomizing the '80s because it has Arnold Schwarzenegger, who yeah. was. Who was the '80s yeah. and early '90s? Um, but it, it's it's meta towards those movies. It's it's Shane Black kind of pulling a Wes Craven. Like for you him. said, it was like it's it's Shane Black's scream. Like yeah. he basically making fun of all of the tropes. And if I'm being honest, I watched The Last Action Hero dozens of times. Oh, up. so did I. And I saw Last Boy Scout probably two or three times when it was on television. Sure, you know what it. Yeah, last action. I would hero, say last action sure. hero. It sure. also made me. I wanted so bad to get a magic ticket that would allow me to go into the fucking oh, movie. That was, like oh, that was my just, dream uh, as a kid, and being uh, a little movie obsessed kid, I was like, I, and I'm gonna tell you, fat, 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 this is amazing. <laughs> when a movie does that sort of story well, like there was the episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark where the you know vampire comes out of the movie sure. screen. There's this one. There's the Jeff Daniels movie. Uh, where he comes out of the movie screen. I love those types of stories. And I don't think they're done 
as well as they need to be as often as they should be. Sure. So I am 100% good with Last Action Hero being on there. Now, what that does, though, is it only gives us one spot left. Okay. If we're Fuck. sticking with the four that we've listed. Let me let me read off what we've listed. Okay. And we can see if there's anything else that needs to switch out. But okay. kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Absolutely. Lethal weapon. Definitely. Nice guys. Yep. Last action hero. Yep. I, I, so I, far, I'm loving it. I'm going to be hard-pressed to pull anything out of that. Now, what we've got left is we've got Monster Squad. We've got Iron Man 3. Oh, that, that's it. Let's go no further. Fucking Monster Squad. But that means we don't have Iron Man 3 on here. Fine. And you're okay with that? Fine. Okay. Monster I, Squad all the way. Wolfman has Nards, and so does this episode. Nards of America. Uh, we're making that fucking book. <laughs> Nards of America. You're going to see all sorts of Nards you never thought you'd see. Man. You have Penguin we, Nards? We, but see, that could be a whole series. You could do animated character Nards. Yeah. You could have... I said pinky in the brain because you're wearing a pinky in the brain yep, t-shirt, but you could see, we could have, have their nards on We it. could have their nards in the book. No. We could have fucking, if you've ever wondered what He-Man's nards look like. And honestly, like. pinky and the brain are the names of their nards. That is. And I'm pretty sure pinky just says nards. Nards. <laughs> nards. Nards. Nah. Gee, brain. Nards. <laughs> what are we going to do today, pinky? We're uh, going to nard the world. <laughs> We're going to nard all over things. <laughs> Uh, no. All right. So that's uh, our five. I mean, it, as a kid, that movie really yeah. epitomized for I've me. It, it was, recently. it was basically everything that you loved about the Goonies, about, um, <laughs> the Goonies. Yeah. Mixed uh, with everything you love about monsters and horror movies. Yeah. So it had, it also had, uh, one of my favorite like eighties, uh, horror movies underappreciated is called, uh, the, the gate. Is that it? With, um, it was directed by Mick Garris, I think. Oh, oh, yeah, I think I know what you're, um, you're not talking and about. And it's the Stephen gate. Stephen Dorff <laughs> oh, okay. as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And a fucking portal to hell opens yep. up in his backyard. Yep. Thanks to his little rocker best friend playing yep. like a fucking metal record backwards Love or whatever it. that opens up a hell. Yep. Um, but it's th- it has that same kind of vibe where it's this like these kids are in like real peril, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. But also. They're dealing with shit that's just so ridiculous and fun and, and like fun. things you'd want to be involved in, but in reality they're almost gonna die. Monster Squad is what I want every time they put out like one of these like the Goosebumps the movie. Mm-hmm. It's that's what I want it to be. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, like I, I want it to why, have an edge and a bite to it. That's why I liked I think Super Eight as much as I did is because it sort of felt like that. Totally, it, it still felt like it that. had an edge. Yes. I remember it from Super 8, the fucking, when they find that dude in the pickup truck and is, and is like all wrecked and his like yeah. face is like fucked up and bloody and you're like, this yeah. is a fucking kid's it movie. Die, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's like, thanks a lot. There were JJ. stakes, you yeah. know? Um, and not just through people's hearts. No. Boo, yeah, Boo. bringing it back to bring it. nailed it. I fucking loved it. This, all right. This so podcaster's got nards. We, ha- we have our five. And you know, to be honest... I'm going to propose we don't change the order. Okay. Because let me read the order real okay. quick. And let me see how it gels with you. Number five, Monster Squad. Yeah. Number four, Last Action Hero. Yeah. Number three, Nice Guys. Yep. Number two, Lethal Weapon. Yep. And number one, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I'm actually totally fine with that. Right? I think we I act- think that works perfectly. I think we just rattled them off in we, order. We even just said Shane Black at his Shane Blackiest is, is definitely Kiss Kiss, Kiss King. And Kiss, Kiss, one bang, of the bang. biggest staples he's made that has not only made an institution out of his career, but just in genre filmmaking, Lethal Weapon. Absolutely. The Nice Guys, the, kind of the perfect blend of both of those. For sure. Last Action Hero is him being meta on himself. And then Monster Squad is sort of that outside classic, the realm. kitschy, 
thing that yeah. that's that nostalgia that that's everybody it. loves. I love it. I, I don't think we can get any better than that. I am into it. Yeah. We just yeah, Shane yeah. Black the shit out of this. We totally Shane Black. And there's two of us. I know. And we are making quips. This episode written and directed by Shane Black. We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E. T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. <sighs> Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast. On Twitter at high the number five the podcast. Instagram at high five the podcast. Or on Letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? (laughs) Terminal clown shin? Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.